Hello, welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm joined, as always, by co-host of the podcast and our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. How you doing, Sarah? You doing okay? I'm doing all right. Okay. You know what's neat lately is things feel more normal. Really? Are you picking up on that? Yeah. It kind of getting like routines that. Yeah, a little bit. As I'm going to restaurants and just kind of yeah. hanging out in public. I'm not, and even at church. Yeah, for sure. Things feel like they're normalizing a little. They're still completely abnormal in one way. Yeah, they yeah, are. Just and after I, a year of abnormality. Yeah, and I think in a sense, too, like we've created some new senses of normal, uh-huh. um, getting some routines there, and even if they're not exactly what we want at the time, you know, it's good to have a little bit of routine. It feels like you can take a breath a little bit there. So. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Um, I remember when we would make plans in the morning, they'd be canceled by the afternoon. Yeah. Was, <laughs> that happened over and over and over again. Actually, yeah. I was going through videos the other day because I was moving some files on my computer, and I saw the video that we made the week um, that we actually decided to, to not have service. It was the very first week, so it was March 15th um, oh, of 2020. Okay. And I know yeah. that because that's when we were going to open the second service at West and had a banner on the building and everything and obviously you know things changed but um but yeah and it was funny I watched the video and and the way we were talking about it like hey just you know kind of keep an eye on things we're going to take it this week and we won't meet and it's like to think that that was a year more than now a year ago so uh it's weird yep and no one knew what was going to happen that's true that's true for a long time and here we are. So, uh, still doing the podcast, which I love and love being a part of. And today we get to uh, we get to talk to Karen Kislin. Karen, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Well, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and Karen's been on the podcast um, before, but um, this time we're talking about something a little bit different. So, Karen taught uh, yesterday at One Life, and uh, you can find that at onelifechurch.org. Uh, click on messages, or you just go to our YouTube page. Actually, that's probably the easiest to search for One Life Church. Um, we're usually at the top, at least when I search. I don't know how all that works, but um, at the top, uh, and you can find the, the message from yesterday and and we want to just talk a little bit more about your message and one thing that we always love being able to have a part of is there's always things I'm sure when people are teaching that they didn't quite get to um, and so talk a little bit about that but if we could kind of just even get a little bit of an overview for anyone who maybe hasn't heard talking a little bit about um, kind of some of the main points of your message and really um, we talked about worms yesterday Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah, that really does tie to Mother's Day <laughs> because the worm we were talking about was the mom worm mm-hmm. of uh, the, in Hebrew, it's the tolachini, and, but it's the crimson worm. And uh, as far as something that I didn't get to, mm-hmm. um, and somebody actually asked me about it and said, oh, that's my favorite part. And I said, well, I didn't have time to talk about this. But um, also in Psalm 22, uh, because that was what I based out of yesterday, yeah. uh, because in verse 6 it says, but I am a worm and not a man. And that is pointing to Jesus, but it's the crimson worm. And so that's where this teaching came from. But then down in verse 14, the second part of it. It says, my heart has turned to wax. It has melted away within me. And what that little worm does after three days of her her uh, little, the baby worms feasting on her body, she curls up into the shape of a heart and it looks like wax and it falls down to the ground. And so when it says here about Jesus that his heart has turned to wax, again, that points, that crimson worm points to that happening. So it's just, there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, nuances to this, but yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, and I bet you 
you've not heard that. <laughs> Whoever you are, yeah, <laughs> especially on Mother's Day. I mean, that's yeah. the, that's the other thing. Yeah. It's, uh, and I did I did get the comment today, or more than once, that, that everybody was very relieved that you addressed the Proverbs thirty one thing, but that you didn't teach on Proverbs thirty one. That that was yeah. it was a relief. That was a good call. Yeah, yeah. and with, with Proverbs thirty one. I I actually think that it's way more than just about a message. For women, I see it because of what some of those verses say, um, that it actually points to the church, the bride of Christ. And and so there's way more there. Um, You know, I didn't obviously didn't have time to get into that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. um, but so that's a it's an interesting teaching. Yeah, as well, we need so. to explore that. <laughs> Someday, else. yeah. So when you when you talk about the worm and, and, and all those things, so so back up and and so when how long ago did you kind of notice this? Because you just kind of took this and you originally saw that comment, "I'm a worm and not a man," and just got interested in the worm. Thing. Well, no, actually, it was out yeah. of the book. Well, I you know obviously didn't understand it, right. but I was preparing to teach on the book of Jonah. And it was out of the book of Jonah that, because um, it says a worm destroyed the city. That's right. I heard um, the message four times. And, yeah. There you go. Sorry. And it was falling off. Yeah. That is true. Um, I'm remembering it now. Um, yeah. yeah. That um, it says that a worm destroyed the plant that uh, that Jonah was grateful for because it right. provided okay. shade for him. But I thought... I need to explore that a little bit because I was going to teach on it. And that's when I began to see the, what the Tolachini was, the, this, this crimson worm. Okay. And um, as I said yesterday, that's the worm that's used um, or was used at the temple. They made all the crimson dye using that worm. And you can go today to uh, the Temple Institute's website and see them taking a crimson worm and and how the color comes out of it because they're, they're preparing um, different articles for a temple that maybe someday will stand in Jerusalem again. And so it's being harvested Today, so Isn't that wild, yeah, and yeah. I have been the temp- I, we we've been to the Temple we Institute have. in yes. Jerusalem and seen the articles that they're making for the forthcoming temple and right. everything from the trumpets to the, the really the, yeah the, the bowls the all the all the dishes everything according to biblical standards and all that right. but the, and also the yeah. worm there yes so yeah. yeah so there we did see that I saw them yeah eyes. yeah yeah so it's just interesting that you know it was in ancient Israel but they're still using it today. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So you were you were studying you were supposed to teach on Jonah. I was. And, and you saw this it says that a worm ate the plant. Right. And so I just decided I'm going to study it because you, you couldn't know, just but, take it as I will warm at the plant. Just right. let it go. But <laughs> but you know that's the heart of the teacher, and okay. you know yeah. to explore all the different things that maybe somebody might ask. And uh, so, but when I saw this, that it's much more than just a worm. That right. this worm really does point us to Jesus because you know it attaches itself to a tree so firmly that you know you. You tear it off, it tears its body. And Jesus was attached to the cross. And then she gives her life for her children. And Jesus gave his life for us. And I personally was blown away. And I couldn't wait to go and teach the book of Jonah. Because, well, bet, yeah. you know, I thought, oh, wait till the, the it was a women's Bible study I was going to be teaching. I said, okay. wait till they hear this. And, yeah. and you know, and, and every time I teach it, I've had people say, I didn't know this. Uh, this was well, sure, something yeah. I did not know. 
and uh, and it impacts people. But that's the word of God. Yeah. There are all these things hidden in the scripture, and it's our privilege and joy to dig it out and yeah. and just let God surprise us with some of the things that are in there. Yeah, and and you know. I hadn't heard that before, uh, yeah. and I, I genuinely was just like, this is amazing, because not only does it, it does a couple things. I mean, one, as you said, like, it just makes these things that we think we know, really in the sense of, we're in a series called Overcoming Heard It All Beforeism, which I think is, you know, something that people are constantly, at least if, if you've grown up in church, you feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that story. Um, and this one, obviously, a little bit different, but like, you know, if we're talking about Jonah, like, you might have this even in your mind, a visual of what you think of, you know, this cartoon character of a whale or something. Um, and that's kind of where some of our, our, our art came for. It was people think that way sometimes. But then it you take this idea of something that um, you can find research for and see, you know, something that is a living thing here um, that we can actually see and study and realize that it's, in a sense, a shadow even of the gospel and of Jesus. And um, when you're studying that, so when you see that, like, how did you study about the Tola and, like, worms? Like, do you just Google? Like, Well, first thing I <laughs> like, did was, was I looked up what what does the worm, what does that word in Hebrew mm-hmm. mean? Yeah. And when I saw that, tolachni, um, or the tola, um, then I, I started just doing some research on it. And, uh, and, you know, we have at our fingertips now lots of research. You know, I can mm-hmm. just type it in and, and uh, get information. And uh, I, I was surprised I'd never heard about it before. But, yeah. yeah, so I... Part of my heart as a teacher is to do the research. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the gifting of the teacher is mm-hmm. to, to dig it out and, and to put it into um, little pieces that people can, you know, can pick up and, and learn. And so that's part of the joy for me of teaching, Yeah, to dig it out. When did you know that, like, teaching was something that you did were going to do? Well, I went to college to become a teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, but as far as teaching adults, that was not something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I was an elementary teacher. I felt very comfortable working with kids in you know, elementary school or um, and worked in children's church and all of that, and then was asked to, I don't know, teach something for adults. And honestly, I was nearly sick over mm. it. But, you know, <laughs> God moves us into different areas. And so, you know, uh, he just opened up the door. And, yeah, just got to stay open. So as we talk about the herd of all beforeism thing, it, it is a good illustration of uh, my... F- I'm going to keep repeating these things to people. The first, the first law in my mind is be curious. I mean, and that's an example. Just yeah. okay. So we do. We know the story, and most people in the story of Jonah in their mind, uh, you know, the the whale or the fish spits him up, and he goes, and everybody repents. At the end of the story. But there's that whole thing where the plant grows and the the worm comes along. It's kind of a strange, but it's kind of the focal point of the story in the end. Right. But even paying attention to that. So you said you started researching, you look at the Hebrew. Right. Uh, then what was your next step? What was, did you, did you do a bunch of cross-referencing and see everywhere where that, that same you know, it's, worm it's, was mentioned? I didn't as far as, um, yeah, it's, it's mentioned, if I remember correctly, maybe 23 times, okay. um, in the, in the scripture, that word. Right. Um, but, 
and again, I'm remembering this. It's been a long time since I did the study. On oh, this. really? Okay. So, oh, yeah. I didn't this know isn't that. just recent. I um, uh, it was I don't know maybe ten years. I've known this. Oh, really? So, okay. Um, but uh, so yeah, but I I didn't for that. I was preparing to teach Jonah, so I went, but. I was so excited I couldn't wait to tell people that this was in there, that this was, and it was such a surprise to me. But I think it's that way with a whole lot of things in the scripture. And, uh, you know, and and one of the things that I love is that the Bible does tie together. You know, you read something here, but it ties to a a scripture, uh, you know, someplace else. And uh, the rabbis would say that when you see that, when you have a scripture here and a scripture here, and those tie together, they call that stringing together pearls. Hmm. You are bringing this scripture and this scripture together. And what is said is that they're so excited, those verses are so excited to be together that they are like exploding. It's like fireworks. And oh. so when we see it, we experience that sometimes that you know we see oh wait this fits with this and put it together and and just see you know this amazing connection in the scripture yeah, so. yeah for sure and and it's um yeah and, and something actually you said the last time we were on the podcast was we talked to you that time about the bible right. and kind of just like a passion and love for continuing to read the bible and um, i said this last week i was like my favorite thing i think from that podcast and i still think about it is that and I use this in all kinds of things, specifically reading the Bible, but also when we even hear like a message or something that that it's not the same because we're not the same when we come back to it. And you said that last time, and I was like, that stuck with me so much because it's like that is so true because something that maybe even I might have studied ten years ago, right. I might think of it completely different now because I've had one different life experiences. God's put me in, in situations and placed me in places, and so even when you read something like this and you get to share it with someone. Um, I, I, I talked to two students yesterday, um, and both of them were very excited. because, like, oh, I know this story because Karen had taught it to them. And not, and it wasn't a, like, oh, I know it. I don't want to hear it again. It was like, I know this. And they were really excited about it. And there's something really beautiful there because they were like, I want to talk about it. That's cool. I mean, that's a way to give them. We were talking a little bit before the podcast of, of, of the joy of being able to study and understand the Bible in a way that they want to talk about it. That's important. Well, and one of the things for me is... God speaks through his word. Mm-hmm. And what do I miss? What what word does he want to give me if I miss opening up the scripture? And you know, you were you were saying that we have different life experiences. And I, I remember my husband was was having surgery. He was he was quite ill. Mm-hmm. And I went to the Lord and I I said, Why are we here? And it wasn't a question of why us or, you know, why, why me, or it wasn't that. And I think that's an okay question to ask. But th- my question was, why are we here right now? What do you yeah. want us to do? And that morning, I picked up my Bible, and I was reading in Luke chapter 5. And it talks about the fact that, uh, that uh, the disciples have been out fishing, and Jesus said, go back out into the deep water. And when I read that, I said, Lord, that's how I feel. We're in the deep water. But then it goes on to say that that's where they caught the fish. And the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, Kieran, the deep water's where the fish are, <laughs> so go fishing. So I knew that, the, that God wanted us. It was more than just dealing with surgery and sickness and all of that. It was, okay, who's God going to put in your path that you need to talk to? So he, 
And God does that when we open up his word. And he, he speaks to us. And, and I would have missed it if I hadn't opened up the scripture that day. Yeah. So, so the, it's, it's, I just think it's amazing how God does that for us. Because any other time I would have read that and it would have meant, wouldn't have meant nearly the same thing to yeah. me. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think that's a critical thing to, to overcoming the hard all beforeism thing. You, you have a high view of God's inspiration of the Bible and you're expecting him to speak to you instead of just, hey, I'm going here to get some information and it may help me out a little bit. It's like, yeah. I, I want to see him speak here. And one of my favorite passages in Proverbs, it says, is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but to search out a matter is the glory of kings. I and read that this morning. You did not. <laughs> I did That's too. one of the best ones there. Yes, I, love I did. It. Yes. You, know, you think about it, all nature is yeah. that way. Black holes are that way. The, the word of God is that way. And it, it, it says openly that God conceals things. Right. He, he likes to do that. And, and when you think about it, we like it too. I mean, we, do. we liked it as kids. The thought of hidden treasure, hide something, yeah, little, hunt right. for eggs or whatever. Uh, we like that. And we like the process of discovery. We do. So it's not supposed to be there just as first do this, second do that. It's, right. It's worms eating plants, and if you'll stop and think and get curious and start searching, you'll find something that goes beyond just a narrative point. Right. It's something that opens up a whole new reality for, yeah. and that's what I've always appreciated about you. Now, you've got your Bible open to something. Oh, uh, it's it? Psalm 22. Okay. I was just that Okay, you know, when that, you were reading, yeah, okay, that, I thought yeah. uh, you had something else there. But what, what helped you? I, I, I know you said this before, but I, I would like you to say it again. The... You had a time in your life when it was it was kind of out of the discipline. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, I read the Bible. Definitely, yes. But then it crossed a bridge into a yeah. different place where right. you were expecting God to speak. Right. What was the thing that that kind of put you in that second place? You know, I, I really, I went to the Lord with just a cry of, I, I, there's more. Yeah. You know, I, I really asked him to do... Uh, you know, the old song, um, start a revival, but let it begin with me. It was that right. part of, you know, I, I want you to do something in my life. And I fully believed God would. I didn't expect this. Hmm. But all of a sudden, uh, as I would be reading it, it was different. It was as if the words were alive. That, and and I, I couldn't read it enough. And uh, and it's never been the same since. And I think God does that for people. He He opens it up. It's as if the veil on it gets lifted. Yeah. And but you know and okay, I can't say it's every day. Some days it is still discipline. Okay. Just read it. Just you know. And but God surprises us with His word. And yeah. you know, it it just. I love it, and I'm grateful that he's done it. Yeah. How do you how do you talk to somebody who may come to you and be like, "I love that you have that. I just don't have that." Like, how do you talk to them? Th- I want to say because you're not trying to necessarily like you don't want to force somebody to do something because you want it to be out of joy. But you're saying even a discipline, but creating it to where it does become that. Um, I don't know how you have that conversation because I feel like that's something more and more I hear people just saying like, ah, "I just I just don't do that. It's just not part of what I do." Well, I. <laughs> I do think, you know, it does start with, okay, you, you have to open up the book and and to, to read it. So to just take a little bit, mm-hmm. but to ask God, because he's the author. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, if you sit down with an, the author of a book, you're going to get more out of it than you would if you just pick up the book and read it. Because the author's the one 
who knows what's behind it. So you start with sitting down with him and asking him to open up your eyes. I mean, the, the scripture says that. It's yeah. that, you know, that God will open up our eyes. And it even says in, in the book of Luke that Jesus prayed. That um, it's in Luke 24 that, uh, let me find it. It says um, in, in verse 45 of Luke 24, then he opened their minds so they could understand the mm-hmm. scripture. We can pray that. Lord, open my mind so I can understand your word and see how he answers it. Yeah. And, you know, it, because God wants us to understand and love his word. So we ask him. And I, I do really believe that he will do it. I've seen him do it in other people's lives. It's, this isn't just me. And, yeah. Right. yeah. And just starting with asking and, and expecting, saying, okay. Right. And then uh, what are some of the things that you said the words came alive? Are there any things that helped you kind of, uh, did you get coaching from someone? Did you read another book about things? Or what, what helped you to get that sort of understanding that would stop it? That worm's eating that plant, and I need to follow that up. <laughs> there were a couple books that I read. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever read any of Grant Jeffries' books. Um, yes. Signature of God, yeah. Handwriting of God. Those two books right. were eye-opening because he saw Scripture way deeper than I did. Right. And so I, I, I began to say, wait a minute, there's more here than what I thought. Right. And to begin to look beneath the surface— and somebody explains it, um, like if you go to the ocean and you look at the ocean, it's beautiful on the top. But if you do scuba diving, you're going to see things underneath yeah. that you wouldn't see otherwise. And that's the way the Word of God is. Yeah. We can just read it. But when we study it, when we go underneath and you begin to pay attention to the, the names, the dates, the... You know, why is it you say, and I've quoted you often, that All this right. is one of the best things that you can do when you study the scripture. Pay attention. <laughs> and it's brilliant because, you know, there are, every word in the word of God is there on purpose for a purpose. And so we pay attention to all the words. And, you know, why did God put it there? Why do we need to right. know that date? And then when you start to look at it and say, oh, wait a minute, yeah. that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful. And so if, if the, higher you have, the higher view you have of that statement, the more you will stop and pay attention. Because yeah. if you really believe it's, it's, it's breathed out by God, you will go, oh, you will pay attention. There was a professor of mine that actually said, they said it's the first, first law of Bible interpretation is pay attention. And, so, and, and really, it, and if you have a higher view of inspiration, uh, you'll you'll tend to do that more. Why is that detail there, right. and and why is the order there? Why did it uh, why did it report that as opposed to something else? You know, there's there's interesting little. And I'm finding as I get older, I guess I'm changing. Even the things I'm the most familiar with, I'm more interested in now because because of that, I'm slowing <laughs> down and going, wait a minute, like even you know John three sixteen or something yeah. like that. Whoa, I mean, because each word says so much uh, as you and you, you think about it on a much deeper level, I guess. Yeah. So got to get a little older. Yes, no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm older than you, <laughs> so 
and you know, but the, but the the scriptures, uh, it's kind of like a diamond or a gem. There are facets to it, and so when you come oh. through different facets, you are going to see different things through, uh, in it, yeah. and 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 that's part of the amazing part of it. It's it really is very exciting mm-hmm. when you see something in the scripture and you say, "Oh wow, I didn't know that was there." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and some of that, like you're focusing on some of these things, like how it responds to you, how what it tells you about God. What about like anytime, anytime you read something, what I'm trying to do a little bit more is understand the context of the time, like who it was written to and what it was for. Are there any things that pop up like that for you? Any examples that come to mind of like, oh, wow, that would have meant like even the, um, the Tola is something that kind of in a sense is that too, when we think about what that was and what it would have meant then and how it responds to us now or how we respond to it now. Well, I I think it helped me to understand um, the disciples. Mm-hmm. When I found out really what discipleship meant at the time of Jesus. So understanding that, you know, today we talk about discipleship and maybe take a class or, sure. you know, but listening to somebody teach on what discipleship really meant at the time of Jesus that's astounding that because it wasn't just about learning or or knowing what the rabbi knew it was becoming like the rabbi hmm. and so when you understand what that means you see what those those disciples what what they were really giving their lives to they were becoming like Jesus and it's the call for us as well yeah. to become like him but i until i understood what discipleship meant at the time of Jesus i didn't really understand discipleship and so i'm still learning I, no but that's huge because i mean i think there's times you're right there's even words that we just use sometimes you're talking about you know going back to passages you've heard before and you're kind of more interested in them now but there's even words like that disciple we just say that and if you've been around church you kind of have an idea what that means and um but really when you start understanding the context what it meant when it was written it means even more now right that's cool Yeah, I like that. This is fun. <laughs> I like hanging out with Karen. Oh, okay. talking uh, about the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. always yeah. fun. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you, you brought up with the culture thing, like the, you had to look up the, the, the word that was translated, that we translated worm. Right. Because you do have to remember, and you showed the picture in the, in the, in the sermon, we have our picture of worm. Right. Okay, worm. Got a worm ate the plant. Okay. Right. And I always, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I always pictured a very large worm because it was a very large plant. So sure. I thought it was some supernatural <laughs> thing like the large fish or something. In my cartoon, in my yeah, head. But we do that because you're going to go with the image that you have. You can only learn based on that. Yeah. But you took the extra step, which isn't it an enormous step. Just like, wait a minute. Okay, when they saw that word worm, what did they think? And that sent you down a pathway. It's not an earthworm that you put on a fish hook. It's something completely different. Right. And that's really, these things are not inaccessible to anybody. It's just no. a matter of thinking, okay, when when a, when the first people read that, it probably was a little different. It was a different part of the world, different time, all that. I can find out what it is, and then you can kind of pursue that. Yeah. And, it, and it helps a lot. So it is accessible to more than just, Karen, she's particularly gifted at it, but no, I, <laughs> she it, has the patience for it. Well, yeah. well uh, and, and uh, now, if I were in school today, I'd probably study Hebrew, right. so I would yeah. I would know what those words actually uh, exactly. mean yeah. and how to say them. And you know, now I have to work really hard to find what that means. Right. And yeah. you know, but 
but but there are resources out there that oh, people yeah. need to know, and we're making a resource page on the on the app and yep. on and online to to help people do that because uh, we we show, we walked our staff through one the other day. It's called Blue Letter Blue Letter Bible org. You can go in and you can get the language. It'll, it'll you can hit a button and it'll pronounce it for you, and then you can go and look at the dictionary definitions. And they are a little bit different than what we translate because translators have to pick. They picked worm where they there probably wasn't. How do you express right? this particular bug yeah. <laughs> in a, in another way. Exactly. And they just put worm and they said, okay, figure it out or something. So right. people need to know that. Yeah. Uh, so are there other resources out there that you would recommend that have been helpful? Just uh, whether it's dictionaries or further your language stuff, cause you don't know Hebrew. So, okay. Well I own and you can't even read the back of it anymore, but it's the keyword um, study Bible. And so oh, okay. the, the Bible that yeah. I use actually has that. little numbers next to some of the words. Yeah. And then in the back, it'll give me the Hebrew definition oh. of that word or the Greek. Yeah. So I use this Bible. So that's a great resource Excellent. for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, and I have a lot of books on my, on my bookshelf and I read commentaries and, uh, but Again, you can go to Blue Letter Bible, or yeah. there's lots of resources out there. Now, where did you find the information about the worm? I mean, it, I looked it up you, in the. I mean, was I was that found like in a biology in book, a, or was no, that in a, I, in a I, there's, it, Bible book? When I learned what the Hebrew word was, right. then if I remember correctly, again, it's been a lot of years, um, but I think I just uh, Googled what the word was, mm-hmm. and you know, the Hebrew word, what the meaning of it was, okay. and um, and there's, you know, people have, you know, the gospel in a worm or the gospel in a bug or something, you know, that you can read different <laughs> things that people, okay. but, you know, some guy has a book out uh, called Tolat I haven't read it, but, you know. Oh, really? There's a full book on this? It exists. Yeah, I think, yeah. Do you know, this is a, well, it's part of the conversation, I guess, um, do those worms only exist certain places in the world? Uh, uh, they are in the Middle East. Okay. And... Uh, you kind of catch me off guard here, but <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, they were prevalent, you know, back during ancient um, Israel, and um, I, I think ha- have started appearing again. Okay, and you know, which I find interesting, sure, because um, and and it isn't just Israel. I don't think I think they're in other places as but well. But I can't just walk but out I my don't, backyard. I don't and think see one. you're going to find yeah. one. No. Mm-mm. No, and they do have people who are going out to harvest them in Israel to, again, to bring them in to use for a third temple to mm-hmm. make the, the crimson dye. But all of the, the things that are dyed in the temple, uh, it comes from a snail or from the worm. Mm-hmm. And so, it, and I don't know, when we were there, do you remember them talking about the fact that they knew how to make the purple dye for the temple, but they didn't know how to make the blue dye. That you know, it's the uh, blue, purple, and scarlet. Those are the three colors that are used in oh, the temple. Right. Okay. And and I don't. Rem- I've been there four times, so I don't remember if it was when you were there or not. But they said they knew how to make the purple dye, but they didn't know how to make the blue. And they went out to lunch. They left the dye sitting out, and it sat out in the sunlight, and the sunlight turned it blue. And so then they discovered oh, wow. that they could do the purple that. That. and the blue and the crimson. So okay. they know how to make all three. Yeah. What? 
The main thing I remember is I was trying to video and you're not supposed to, and I got caught. Brett. And somebody got mad at me. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to sneak video out of there. Yeah. You were that guy. Yeah, I was. You were that guy. I was trying to help the world. They were trying to keep (laughs) it a secret. I was trying to get it out to everybody. Yeah. Uh, Karen, thanks for coming and talking to us more. And and this is always fun. And, And I was talking to somebody yesterday, too, and I was like, there are people who are really good communicators and I, th- I think you're that, but you're just a really good teacher. And I think that sometimes that's the distinction um, that people don't always think about. And I think every time I walk away from a time you te- or teach or even when we're hanging out, I'm like, I just learn things and I appreciate that. So thank you for um, being a part of making that happen here at One Life. Uh, uh, I'm grateful I get to, you know, I heard a rabbi say, everybody needs a rabbi. Hmm. And so I have rabbis in my life. Yeah. And so, but I want to be a teacher for uh, other people as well. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for being that here. I could not agree more. Way to go. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. And we basically robbed you of your Mother's Day in some ways. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. It's a day. I am okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All okay. Right. Good, good. So. Well, it sounds like, I mean, if you guys hadn't listened to the message, you have to be fascinated and curious, at least at this point, after we've talked yeah, about you would think. some of the stuff um, here. Again, you can find that at uh, onelifechurch.org or probably the easier way is just search YouTube for One Life Church and you can find... Uh, the latest message there it should be overcoming hurdle before is in part two, and you can find information there. Brett, anything coming up you want us to know? Well, about? we are going to continue the hurdle beforeism thing, and the goal is to equip everybody. In the end, I would like most if people were inspired to do what Karen does and be feel like they are equipped to do it. I, I do want to learn more about God's word, and I know how now. And yeah. uh, it, it, beyond this, the stories we're going to talk about. So we're going to keep digging those principles yeah if you guys have any resources send them my way uh, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org uh, you can comment uh, wherever you're listening or watching right now um, and we'd love to let you uh, we'd love to know that you're there um, always uh, you know share it out so give us a like subscribe so you always get alerts when you see the latest episode so um, until then we will see you next time thanks for joining us <laughs>